Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and here we are down on the beach again. Uh, I have my microphone tied to my swimming goggles because I have no shirt shirt on, and I'm not going to attach the microphone to my nipple. So the nearest, next best thing is my swimming goggles. So I'm walking down to have an ocean swim. But boy, she's big today. It's a very rough world. ocean, rough world out there. It's been, uh, it was good talking to you yesterday about uh, adaptation. And I think for a lot of people that's a very important thing. Today I want to talk about the whole concept in the, in the daily recovery power hour the thing that gets you remember what the back on track process is I'll just go over it back on track uh, is for a business executive a business leader a business person what um, an ice bath is for an athlete so uh, in case you're not in the world of athletes most athletes are at a Olympic level after a hard training session will seek out very very cold water and there are many many reasons for it uh, so they'll sit in potentially an ice bath uh, as a previously as a, a rower and a paddler uh, I paddled ocean kayaks and ocean skis and things uh, we would seek out an ice bath unfortunately when you work on things that are in the upper part of your body um, that means you've got to sink. Uh, you've got to sink into your upper body in ice. So we used to do the possible ice, which was we'd go get a bath. We go down as far as possible, and then we'd put our upper body in and go down as far as possible, and then we'd put possible in the water too. That's a joke. So, ice baths are for athletes to recover from today's training so that they can train again tomorrow. And if an athlete trains on tiredness, they injure themselves. Um, many amateur athletes overtrain because they, they believe that their training regime should be built on kilometers traveled or uh, kilograms lifted or something of the sort when really it's um, a, 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 for example a, a weightlifter or someone who's doing bodybuilding will exercise a muscle once a week so might do a bicep once a week and then they leave that muscle alone and tomorrow they might do triceps so we can't do that in business we can't uh, isolate muscles uh, into a, a, a weekly regime because we're pretty much training every day and we're training every muscle every day. So it becomes very parallel, very similar uh, way to treat yourself as an elite athlete, except instead of draining your body on a daily basis to with some presumption that that's an ideal way to exercise, 
and keep fit, because it's absolutely not. Uh, we exercise and work hard with our mind, body and spirit on a daily basis. Heaven help you if you get home from that and you have a domestic circumstance which is not at peace because then you have absolutely zero opportunity, zero for recovery. And then things like alcohol and uh, substance abuse, overeating, TV become your way of survival. It's not, it's not recovery. Alcohol doesn't recover the body. In fact, it inflames the stress that you've already got. Netflix TV does not recover the body. It recovers the mind, but it doesn't recover the body. The body needs something completely different to recover. So the topic of daily recovery, I think, has become the key to business performance. Because if you're turning up Tuesday, still tired from Monday's event, whatever happened on Monday, mind, body, spirit, if you're turning up Tuesday with some remaining fatigue, some lag, we call it, some residual, then you're training on top of tiredness. Now, anybody who trains on top of tiredness is going to get grumpy, is going to use substitutes. So a person who's overworking, and let's say there's no such thing as overworking, there's just lack of recovery from working for the next day, is going to start getting uh, negligent uh, at home. Now, the benchmark is this. If you don't come home from work with more energy than you're left with in the morning, you're operating at work in, a, in an incompetent way. So incompetence, my language, in a wealth language, is you coming home tired. Now, the company won't measure that as incompetence, will it? company will say, well, you're doing a great job, congratulations, we're going to give you a bonus, because you're going home tired every day, you're absolutely putting 100% in. And then they'll give rhetoric to the fact, to the idea that your family matters to them, but they send you home tired. Now, that has to be one of the world's greatest oxymorons, doesn't it? Send people home tired, exhausted from a day's work, and then say, we really care about your family. Quality control at home. We really care about your life balance, your well-being, all these things. Well, that's just a lie. But the person responsible for going home tired at night is not the company. The person responsible for going home tired at night is you. Let's talk about a day at work for a business person, typical get up, go for a walk, go for a run, do something, have brekkie, kiss the kids on the top of the head, you go out the door, down the hallway, into your study, or to the office. One of the two. At this point, you sit down or stand up at the desk and start working. Now the question might be, what the hell is going to make you tired from that? So, thinking 
thinking exhausts people. Now, it's not, you can think about something all day. I'm down here at the beach. I can think about the beach all day. I don't get tired thinking about the beach. Why? Because I love it. It's joyful. It's fun. It's, it's exciting. It's different. It's new. It's in, engaging. It's enthralling. And most importantly, I don't have any emotion about it. I'm not standing here going, oh, gee whiz, that, the ocean really pissed me off this morning and I had a meeting and someone didn't like me and oh my gosh, my boss gave me. I'm not moaning and groaning and whistling and grizzling and, and getting pissed off and frustrated by the ocean. But if I go to work and I work with 20 or 30 or 40 people who I didn't choose, I'm going to get pissed off because I didn't choose them. Uh, and they operate differently to me. I'm going to get antagonized because I'll say, well, for me to do a day's work, I need you to do your day's work. And if the other person isn't doing what you call their day's work, you're gonna get pissed. It's just the way of the business world. It is an ashram of the worst possible or the highest possible um, style. And trying to recruit people who think like you is really great because then you get on with everybody at work but they may not be the most productive people in their jobs in the world just because you like them or you get on well with them. So to all this, there becomes this topic today of recovery from a day where you're not really digging ditches. What you're doing is doing something that causes you to have mental and emotional uh, tiredness first step in that, which is really important, is to try to avoid the tiredness in the first place, isn't it? If you're over fatiguing a muscle, if you're overworking a muscle and you're, uh, you're swimming or you're running, you, 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 you work out a style where that muscle doesn't get pushed. Well, sometimes people at work think worry or stress or anxiety is something to be proud of. And I've never heard a more stupid thing in my life. I sit with my friend, my next door neighbor, who has Parkinson's. And we talk about the cost of stress in people's lives. And, and, and he, he spends seven to eight hours a day simply working on not allowing his Parkinson's to get any worse. Now, if you had have asked him 10 years ago, what are you going to do today? He would have spent 10 seconds worrying about this topic. So once something happens to us, we're really committed. Once something goes wrong, we're really committed to remedy. But prevention is better than cure. Prevention is always cheaper and better. And so what I've suggested to you is an hour a day. Uh, Pre-Parkinson's, pre-sickness, pre-fatigue, pre-gut problem, pre colitis, pre-diverticulitis, pre-stroke, uh, pre, 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 an hour a day. But not an hour just running up and down the beach or swimming in the ocean or going to the pool and doing 50 laps or training for a triathlon. No, 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 no. That's not the hour I'm talking about. I'm talking about an hour that, rec that recovers you as a business executive. So first step in this whole process is not to get uh, over overworked uh, overworked doesn't mean doing too much work very the opposite it means do as much as you possibly can but minimize the stress and the anxiety and the worry and the emotion so those things are in the 30-day challenge and in the back on track process but the one which is the turning point 
where you, I'm basically going to assume that you've picked it up, you've got the fact that you need to invest uh, without having trauma and stress and worry and anxiety uh, or Parkinson's or stroke or whatever it is, without having the uh, 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 thing to cure, you are doing prevention. And the prevention, the two things about prevention is number one, uh, balancing your mindset, which is a good attitude, which is the discard form or an emotional shower or something on anything that goes wrong so you don't burn energy, you don't have to. And number two, a little bit of exercise. And, and the exercise I've recommended for every single person who has a business and works in a company is three minutes a day on a standing bike uh, that you buy for rent and uh, doing five 30-second hard sprints. It's called HIT training, HIT training, high-intensity interval training. And if you want to know more about that, please Google it. Uh, Dr. Mosley is the TV personality who advocates and uh, does experiments to validate this type of training. The rest is just going for walks, uh, brisk walks, going for a swim, it's not about putting your garment on or putting your watch on or working out how fast or how long you've gone. It's about sometimes about getting on your turbo for half an hour at zone two, it's called, which is uh, uh, um, me metabolic, your, a, a metabolic heart rate, which is about just slowly, gently, or uh, not so gentle, but just, just so it's comfortable to talk, just comfortable to talk and go and do something uh, for an hour or so doing that. You can do that while you work. Stand on a treadmill and, or stand at a standing desk and do little baby squats or, or, or a walk, have a walking meeting. And, and these things mean that you're in zone two for uh, an hour or so every day. And, and more importantly, you're not sitting, which is stressful on the physiology and the biology of the human body. So I'm going to assume this part of the back on track uh, uh, logged in for you uh, in the 30-day challenge. And I'm going to assume the next thing was heard, and, but maybe not fully absorbed because it's quite a tricky one. It's the turning between managing energy out and holding energy in. So this is the second part of the back on track, storing energy. And that's not about uh, uh, mind and body exercise, balancing your mind, uh, creative thinking. It's not about uh, uh, balancing your thoughts, uh, deleting your emotions from your decisions. It's not about that. This is about environment. So storing energy requires an environment that is ordered. So when we have disorder in our environment, we burn energy. We burn. That's most of tiredness when you get home from work is because you have disorder. Now, disorder is when things aren't as you expected. That's number one. So expectations create disorder because if things aren't as you expected, then you may have to adapt to things as they are in order to get order. The second part about it, and that's a big long conversation, the second part about order is, and, and the first one was about the environment in your thinking. The second part is about the environment outside of you, dressing well, uh, feeling good about your body, 
about when you look at yourself in the mirror, looking at a person who's caring about their health. So there's order in the, in the visual acuity of your judgments of yourself. Then there's clothing and order in your clothing means you've deliberately, consciously, self-awareedly dressed for performance. You've dressed as you wish to become. Now, you, you might constantly think to yourself, that doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. But there is no greater affirmation on earth than what you're wearing. If you look down and see a dirty old pair of shoes or a pair of thongs, flip-flops or bare feet, and it's the middle of the day, you, if, if you see disorder, if you see yourself uh, not dressing as the person you wish to be, that's an affirmation. It's a statement to yourself saying, I'm not really serious about this. You see yourself lying on the couch, dressed in your, still in your pajamas at 10 o'clock in the morning, watching uh, Days of Our Lives. I'm not sure that doing affirmations of, you know, I'm a master of life and I live in the universe. I'm not sure that those affirmations are going to land in a, in a, in a productive place. I think they're going to land in a, in a place of counterbalancing what the other affirmation of your life, which is your environment. The other part about environment is your laptop, is your, is your computer, your, your, desk, your file system, where everything's stored, how you can get to it. Uh, uh, is it backed up? Is it on a hard drive somewhere? Is it in the cloud? Is it also uh, backed up on a hard drive? And it is also on a cloud. In that cloud or in the hard drive, do you know where every file is? Could you restore it if you had to? And if you can't, and if IT looks after that for you at work, what about your personal life? Do you know all the your do you have your budget for the year roughed out? Do you have your goals for the week roughed out? Do you have things somewhere I'm not talking about anal retentive order, but I am talking about having an attempt to put structure which is not an anal structure, it's not a rigid structure, what it is an attempt to draw roughly an outline of what the week will look like from a time point of view. Roughly then around which you can adapt. That's what I said, if you want to make God laugh, tell, him, tell her your plans so, and your goals. So uh, that's uh, the, 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 the laptop, you've looked at your clothes, you looked at the, look at your desk. You know, is there shit on your desk ar around you that is an affirmation? So for example, I have on my desk the four hour body, uh, the book, and I have uh, I use it from time to time to refer clients and look up something from uh, for that I need to get need to remind myself or my client about. I have another book uh, which is uh, uh, about uh, universal mind control, and I have another book about uh, that I wrote. And so I have these books there on my desk, and when I'm talking to people, coaching, they're out the corner of my eye, subliminally charging me. So in other words, they are affecting my mind even though I don't know it. Now, if I had a book on the desk called How to Recover from Alcohol, how, you know, what is it, uh, How Not to Give a Fuck, this new book that everyone read, um, this, Don't Give a Fuck About Little Things, uh, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. If, I'm, if I've got these negative affirm, affirmation books on my desk, they are also having a subliminal effect on me. And so what I say to people who've recovered from alcohol, take the alcohol recovery books off your bookshelf and give them away to someone who's an alcoholic, who needs an affirmation how to recover from alcohol. Uh, 
and I, I certainly believe that what decorates your desk, uh, you know, if you've got a, a parking fine and it's sitting front and centre on your desk, you know, to remind you to pay it, that's negatively uh, influencing your mind and causing you negative thoughts, negative signals to your subconscious, negative subliminal messages to your client, negative negativity. So it would be far better to either pay the damn thing and put it, then file it away and say, thank you very much parking people for doing your job, or put it somewhere else, off, out of mind, out of sight, but then put a little note in your, in your diary to pay it before it's due. And I think this desktop, uh, I would say everybody's desktop deserves one flower every day, a leaf from the garden, a leaf from a tree, a, a little flower that fell off a, a bush somewhere. It does, every desk deserves a little tray or a little, uh, a little receptacle where you can place today's uh, little branch or little green tree. I know we've got pot plants in our rooms. I know we've got surrounded by uh, fresh air and we've got good, healthy, um, I have a, a Dyson um, $1,000 air fresh air cleaner in my office I love having the idea of breathing really good quality air and even just looking across at that thousand dollar air cleaner I, I really feel like it's an affirmation of self-respect there and respect for what I'm saying. So the story would continue in through my surroundings into the house, the car, uh, my hands, my fingernails, my feet, you know I'd get a, a, a manicure every third week down at the Chinese uh, manicure shop and you know for 20 bucks or so I get really nice uh, pink toenails but no I don't I, I don't get them painted but I do get them cleaned and polished so and and my feet cared for it's it's pretty important I think these things are about self-respect self-care the way you treat yourself nobody treats you better than you treat yourself nobody treats you worse than you treat yourself and then yet we might even on top of all that say I, I can't work out why I'm not getting sales but when, you, when you're looking at yourself and treating yourself and working from home it's really easy to slump and it's really easy to walk around your house you know I just had my house painted my apartment these beautiful people came in and did an astonishing job and then I came back to it and I had to rehang all my pictures they'd taken some of the hooks away uh, I had to hang them, some of them on the, on the picture rail around the, uh, around the roof, but some of them I have to put a hole in the wall uh, or consider putting a hole in the wall to hang something. And I was looking at what I was putting back up and I'm wondering, do I want to hang that painting where I used to hang it? Do I want to put those pictures where I want to put them? And I was thinking about it, not so much from just me because uh, my partner and her kids come over quite a bit and I want them to feel fantastic when they walk into this environment and feel the love that I have for them and, and for life and be inspired by it. So uh, even the stuff that hangs around my house and some of it's real, I've had for 30, 40 years from Nepal, some bells and some things and I've gone, you know what, maybe it's time to let go. It's really hard, really, really hard. It's just, it's so much a part of my, uh, you know, my story, all these things. And yet, sometimes you need to let the story be the new story and let the, the journey go on. So that's 
just a, a small example of environment. As I said, uh, if, the, the, if, the, if the environment is not ordered, we start burning energy. We, start, we can't store energy up. A a accidentally or unawareedly or subconsciously, we start releasing energy out of our tank. This goes for body movement as well, and we've uh, shared the uh, concepts uh, uh, in, in the 30-day challenge of uh, body awareness, where, uh, where, where uh, unnecessary movement, unnecessary driving the car, unnecessary moving of the hands, chewing fingernails, jiggling feet, that's disorder. That's disorder, conscious, unconscious disorder. It's, it means that this individual who's shaking, trembling, kicking their arms around, chewing their fingernail, is not looking out at the world and seeing this beautiful, magnificent structure or not even attempting to put order in their subconscious brain. They're just running wild and they let the dog out. And it's running crazy. And that's okay every now and again to let the dog out, let it go crazy, but it's wise to put a fence around it and give some order to even the dog having a sprint around the local park. So, order in the chaos. And we know that evolution happens when at the border of order and chaos. So we know on a daily basis, more chaos will come to disorder the order that we've ordered. And therefore, every day we need to reorder the order that we've ordered so that it deals with the disorder. And that's called evolution. And if you think, oh, what I wear today, what I've got today, what I'm doing today, how I clean my bike, how I clean the garage, how I clean the car, how I cleaned everything is good enough for tomorrow, you're wrong. Because whatever you order today will must, by the nature of the universe, become disordered tomorrow. And that becomes your work. How do you order what you've disordered? Now, I'll just go through a few disorders that you might not have labels. Lab you might label them a different way. Grumpy angry, fearful, disappointed, uh, pissed off, uh, dejected, enthusiastic, that's a disorder, uh, excited, nervous, these are disordered and they can all, they're all mental, they can all be brought to order. That's absolutely mastery. There's overweight, underweight, feeling tired, physiolo physiologically stiff, sore, aching back, aching legs. This is not the trip to the physio. This is about your diet. This is typically because you're acidic and you've inflamed your body by too much of something, sugar, too much alcohol, too much something inflames the body. It makes it stiff and sore. And therefore you need to change your diet. You need to put more order in the chaos of your diet. But with all that done and heading in the direction of learning how to do manifestation, the next question is, is, am I on a daily basis ordering my chaos? Am I looking for where I can improve my environment? And I'm talking about the physical one. I love the idea of every day going out and taking a photo of nature and appreciating nature first thing in the morning because what you're trying to do is you're seeking beauty. Now, beauty it has been defined since day dot and the Greeks put words to it. They said beauty is symmetry, proportion and order. So simply 
by looking for beauty in a person, looking for beauty in life, looking for beauty in a job, looking for beauty in a situation, looking for beauty in a person, simply by looking for beauty in yourself, you are ordering chaos. And then chaos will come more, and then you can look for more beauty. So this arm wrestle between evolution and, 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 and comfort operates at the border of chaos and order, which is an environmental topic. This is Chris, I hope, and by the way, this extends to relationships as well. But we cover that under a different heading. Have a beautiful day. Bye.